welcome back to the table. We are so excited you're here. I trust that you are well and enjoying the summer. You know that this is our favorite time of year. So I hope that you are getting outside, spending time as much as you can with loved ones and gathering, even if it's creatively. So today I'm very excited to introduce you to my new friend, Hala. And I met her actually through a very good friend of mine. And I was talking to this friend and she was telling me about her experience with this life coach and just all the truth and freedom that happened through this conversation. And I was like, I have to talk to this person. So <laughs> I was introduced to Hala and I know that I could tell you about her, but I would love to introduce her and let her talk about her journey and her business. Welcome to Making Room, a podcast by Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. Listen, we understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable, and sometimes even just the thought of opening your door is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing beauty, meaning, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. So Hala, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, sure. Well, first, thanks for that intro. I feel like so honored that I got such a raving review. (laughs) But yeah, so as you mentioned, um, I am a life coach. I started my business, um, HRS Life Coaching, in December of 2019. And it has been such a fun journey of discovering that this is something that I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was back in maybe... It was either, I think it was 2017, um, I was going through a lot of health issues of my own, um, mentally, emotionally, physically. I had headaches every single day and didn't really know why, but kind of thought that was my normal. Like, okay, yep, I just have a headache. This is who I am. Just got to deal with it, you know, Um, figure out how to manage my symptoms. And then those started to turn into migraines. And then I started to get kind of like depressed and lonely. And it was just this like tumbling effect of a downward spiral. And a friend recommended that I talk to a coach. And I was like, okay, it was a little weird, but I'll try it. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I said, you know, it's, it's not normal to be in pain like that. You need to, you got to figure it out. So I went to this coach and it was life-changing for me. She was able to just really listen to what I was saying, but then also be able to hear the things that I wasn't saying. Um, And that's kind of a skill that a life coach has, is they're able to hear your emotions, they're able to ask the right questions, just kind of dig deep and really understand your character and what your needs are. Um, and she was able to introduce me to a holistic approach of living. Um, and so encouraged me to change my diet. Um, and I went plant-based for about a year and a half and that allowed my physical symptoms to begin to heal. And then as my physical symptoms were healing, my mental and emotional state began to heal. My spirituality began to heal. And I was just able to invest in, all these different areas of my life. And I was like, wow, life coaching is amazing. Like I need to learn more about this. And so I did, I started doing research. I started taking courses. Um, and then I was able to launch my business, um, in 2019. And I'm currently in a program to be certified, not only as a life coach, but also as a Christian life coach, which is another passion of mine, um, is helping people to understand how God plays a role in their life too. So so it's awesome. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I'm so excited to talk to you more about it. <laughs> really happy to be here. 
Uh, I love it too. I love the word holistic. It's kind of like one of my buzzwords in this season um, because I too have been in my own health journey and was really sick and my listeners know that. And I think that it's important, whether it's in medicine or like you said, spirituality, relationships, all of these things to look at the whole picture because yeah. like nothing, yeah, nothing is just one-sided. Nothing is just one part. You know, there's so many things that you know, make us complex. There's so many complexities. So it's important to look at all of them. Okay. So the way that I was introduced to you was through my friends and I keep wanting to say her name, but I'm not going to, cause I didn't get her permission. <laughs> she was telling me about how you explained to her the tears of relationships and how that was so life-giving to her and how with our transition out of Thailand back to America, it's been hard for me not having relationships stay the same and the same way of coming back home. I expected certain relationships to be the same here, but they're not. Yeah. And oh gosh, it's kind of, it's messy and new to navigate. So I would love for you to explain to me what you explained to her <laughs> surrounding the, <laughs> yeah, for sure. the, the tears of relationships. Definitely. So yeah, so this person actually took a holistic uh, living course with me and one of the areas that we focus on is relational health. So kind of talking about physical health, mental health, um, emotional health, spiritual health, and relational health. And so understanding how you interact with other people plays such a huge role in all the other areas of your person too. So as I was doing research on relational health, I personally found a lot of freedom in understanding these different tiers or categories of relationships. And I'll explain a little more why. So the first kind of lowest quote-unquote relationship is an acquaintance or a casual encounter. So that might be someone that you meet at the coffee shop, or maybe it's like a friend of a friend that you just kind of say hi to or interact with briefly, but not someone that you have a deep friendship with. Mm -hmm. And what's important to think about with that relationship is, well, I should probably back up a little bit. So my favorite definition of relationships is that they are growth fostering, mutually empathetic, and empowering. Wow. Can, and, you, say that, can you say that one more time? So there are three yeah. things. So it's three things. So growth fostering, mm -hmm. mutually empathetic, wow. and empowering. Those are and yeah, I just feel like that's, mm -hmm. I agree. I like love that definition. I feel like I need it on a quote when I'm interacting with people. I just need it all the time. So this growth fostering piece, I think, definitely plays a role in our um, acquaintances or casual encounters, just because as you see another person, um, it's oftentimes a reflection of how you're seeing yourself. Hmm. So thinking about, you know, if you're, I love using a coffee shop example. So let's say you go in to order a coffee and you find you're being like really short and impatient with the barista it's important to say, okay, I'm treating this person this way. What is that saying about how I'm feeling today? Or what's that saying about what's occurring in my life? Like, am I just hungry? Do I just need some caffeine this morning? Am I hangry? Uh, is it a physical response? Uh, did something happen on my drive here? Am I anxious about something that's happening later in the day? It's just a really good self-check of like, why am I reacting this way? What's, what's happening to me that I'm being so impatient and rude? That's not the person that I want to be. Mm -hmm. And so growth fostering in that way with these brief interactions with other people, it helps you to have some self-reflection um, and think about what's going on with you. So I think that's just such a cool picture of thinking about acquaintances. Mm -hmm. And then the second 
tier is, this is the one that has been the most freeing for me. Um, but there's relationships that we have that I call sustained relationships, or they only last for a time. Mm -hmm. And that could be, you know, a relationship from childhood or a high school friendship, college friendship. Maybe it's just a coworker that you interact with for a year or two. Sometimes it's a romantic relationship, you know, that we're, we're dating someone for a time and then it ends. And I love, love, love the quote, everything happens for a time mm -hmm. rather than everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I think that that quote just plays such a role in sustained relationships. Mm -hmm. There are some people who come into our life for a season and give us so much life. You know, maybe we have really deep conversations with them. We're, we're hanging out with them all the time. We're laughing. We're, we're growing together. We have that growth fostering, that mutually empathetic and that empowering moment um, as the definition of relationship talks about. But then for whatever reason, something happens and we start to drift apart. Or it could be because the relationship is no longer growth fostering, neither of you are growing, or maybe one of you isn't growing from the relationship. Wow. Um, maybe you're no longer you know, mutually empathetic. And that kind of means relating to each other, you know, having empathy for one another, maybe something's changed in one of your lives. And so you no longer relate on the same level, or maybe it has to do with empowerment and you're no longer encouraging each other. Um, not purposely, but sometimes that just happens in relationships. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure you can think of some, you know, anyone listening, like, wow, yeah, there's definitely relationships that have served just a time in my life and how weird, like what happened to that relationship? I guess it's fine that it's no longer something. Mm -hmm. um, but a major blockade in our growth is when we try to hold on to those relationships oh. longer than what we need to. Yeah. And so when I first learned that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like amazing. And it gave me like, it took so much guilt off of me too when I learned that because I thought about some relationships in my life that I was like, oh, I should be calling that person or I should be reaching out or I, they should still be a part of my life. Like they, we had such a strong relationship for such a long time. Like I feel so guilty, but hearing this and that this is a reality and a, a good thing that people are only in our life for a time, was just like ah, breath of fresh air. Like, okay, I can, I can move on and continue to grow. Hmm. So that's that second relate type of relationship and then the third is a long-term lifelong lasting relationship and it doesn't have to be someone that you know you meet in childhood and you're friends till you're elderly you could have a lasting or long-term relationship that you don't meet until your 30s or 40s um, or even after it's just someone that's in your life for a very long time that continues to that you can grow with that you can learn with and that just gives you life. And there's actually two different types of these too. There's the lifelong relationships or long-term relationships is what I should say that you choose. So maybe it's a spouse or a best friend, just someone who you feel completely yourself around um, and enjoy being with. And then there's the lifelong relationships that we don't choose. So, you know, an example might be a family member because, you know, let's say you butt heads with a sibling. They're in your life long term. There's no getting rid of them. They're going to be there. 
Um, and so you're kind of forced to figure out how to interact with them. How do I continue to grow with them? How can I be empathetic towards them? How can I make this relationship work? And so that's, that's a really interesting relationship because you have to figure out how to make it work or just kind of not talk to them, but that isn't usually an option. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So just to summarize quick, the three, there's three levels of relationships, right? That you listed. Yes. Okay. And what are those three? We could just say them like the names. Yeah, sure. So the three are acquaintance or casual encounter. Uh Uh-huh. The second, or that's the first. So the first is acquaintance or casual encounter. Second mm-hmm. is sustained, or just only for a time. Mm-hmm. And then the third is a long-term lasting relationship. So one of the things, or actually a few of the things that you pointed out were actually some of the very pain points that I've been experiencing um, in this season. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the mix between like one person in the relationship isn't growing, or one person in the relationship isn't empathetic, or... Um, you know, there's been this awkward transition of, you know, we are American. We were raised in America for a majority of my life. We went away for quite a few years, but coming back, relationships are so different. And I think that there's been this awkward dance of trying to navigate like, okay, this relationship is no longer healthy, but do I have to stay? And there's this guilt of feeling like, I want to leave, but I shouldn't and all of that. And that's kind of what sparked this conversation because I was like, I bet I am not the only person trying to do this dance. And mm-hmm. in our culture, it's not a conversation that we're taught or that is had. And um, yeah. so that's kind of what I want to dive into today. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah. And I did not put this on our little prompt before we started, but I think between the two of us, Let's try to think of some things in our culture that we are taught relationally. Oh, I love that. Is there anything, we could take a second to think, but I think sometimes when, what's that expression about a fish? Like a fish doesn't know they're in in the water until they're taken out or something like that. (laughs) Like when you're- Yeah, that sounds like decent, yeah. Right? (laughs) One of you guys could write in. Yeah, water kind of thing. (laughs) One of you guys could write in and tell me what the actual thing is. But I think when we're- (laughs) When we're immersed in something for so long, it's almost like, like when a fish is immersed in water, they almost forget they're in water. So when we're immersed in a cultural mm. norm, we're almost, we become unaware of what it is at some point. And that becomes- Oh, is it the, is it the boiling pot thing? I just thought of it. Is it like what, a frog it? in a boiling pot? Is it like when you put a frog in a boiling pot of water and they don't realize that they're boiling in it or is that something? <laughs> it's something like that. <laughs> Good idea to have someone write it and tell us what it's it is. But I think we we're can, on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could create our own. No. Um, yeah, I love it. I guess essentially what I'm trying to get at is I think uh, with these cultural norms, we almost become unaware of them and it's impossible to change unless we are able to identify them, right? So, mm-hmm. so when it comes to American norms with relationship, I think one of them, we've talked about this a lot recently, is that in adulthood, we don't need, relationships aren't as important as success, which is a lie, Mm. but I think that's taught to us. I think it's also taught to us that we have to stay longer than is healthy in relationships. I'm not sure if you would agree. Yeah, I would say that's huge. And, you know, I think that's kind of why learning about this sustained relationship was so freeing for me because Mm -hmm. I... I felt like I, but I have to hold on to this friendship. Like that's a, that's something I've invested in. Like that's something that can't go away. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like so many people that I work with as well, when I give them this definition, they're like, wow, I've never thought of that before. So 
So I say it's definitely a cultural thing. And I know too, like not everyone that listens is a Christian. We come from all different faith backgrounds. Um, but I think like in the church too, there is this thing that you have to endure um, you know, friendships, again, like the boundaries conversation isn't talked about. And so um, sometimes mm. as Christians, like we're trying to help, but then in the end, like we experience burnout and maybe that's outside of the church too. Yeah. I was going to say something about that too. Like, I feel like there's this unspoken rule and maybe it's just in the Christian society, but I've seen it in other areas too, but just how giving, 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 like, what are you doing for the other person? How are you serving them? Like, how are you giving in this relationship? And it's really frowned upon to take a step back and say, well, what am I gaining from this friendship? Yeah. (laughs) And that's, you know, twisted into, well, that's selfish. You shouldn't think that way. But in reality, you know, if we're not able to be our best selves or learn from our relationship, then that's okay. You know, we don't have to, we don't have to continue investing in it. And I, and I think there's so much guilt with that because again, it's turned into, well, you're selfish if you're thinking about yourself and you're selfish if you're, you know, only thinking about what you can gain from a relationship. And I agree. There's a fine line. You can't be just focused on yourself. Of course, there's give and take, but if you're not given anything in return, then that's not a healthy relationship either. Yeah. There was this girl that I um, served with in Thailand and she was a mom of three or four, I don't remember. <laughs> and I remember she was like the kindest person. Everyone wanted to be with her. And, you know, she got invited to a lot of things just in the community. And often she would say no. The thing is she mm-hmm. knew her boundary. She knew her limit. And when she was a part of something, she was able to be so much more present, so much more intentional. Mm-hmm. And I think that people started to, people don't understand these relational boundaries at first, but once you see the mm-hmm. benefit of them and the health that comes from them, gosh, we could take this podcast into like 45 different directions, but <laughs> it sparked this kind of monkey see monkey do thing when it came to using your no, not being friends with everyone because she was such a emotionally and relationally healthy person. So she's mm. kind of always been one of those people that I admire when it comes to relational health. That's awesome. Have you read the book, um, Present Over Perfect oh, by Shauna Nyquist? Nyquist? Yeah, Nyquist, yeah. that's her name. Yeah, I, that's just what that reminded me of because her, she encourages so much of like, say no, like it's okay to say no to things. Like you need to have those boundaries and protect yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, it's so I, true. Yeah. And I think culturally, we have an easier time saying no to like, a task or a responsibility, but when it's no to a relationship, Mm. I feel like that's a whole lot harder. And honestly, it's something that's incredibly guilt provoking for me too, because um, obviously we're in this kind of like hustle and grind season of starting up our business, just moving back. Mm -hmm. Well, not just, but we've been back about a year and a half from Thailand and they say the transition Mm -hmm. is two and a half years. And then just so much, like not, not trying to create a sob story, but life is full, right? And I love relationships and my usual capacity allows me to have a ton of people. I'm an extrovert, but right now mm-hmm. my emotional capacity is a lot smaller. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I'm having to keep my relational circle smaller, but I know that that hurts people in the process. And so mm-hmm. maybe let's talk about that. Have you ever felt that if only I could get a home makeover, I would feel so much more comfortable in my space? Well, listen, I have felt that way too, and I might just have the answer for you. If you are from Connecticut, Coastal Concepts Connecticut would love to work with you. 
everything from wood flooring to window treatments and everything in between, they are sure to bring you the upgrade and the beauty that you are looking for to transform your space. Their goal is to offer customers with the best products, unrivaled customer support, attention to detail, and all at the best price. Guys, it is all from the comfort of your own home. Listen, if you are interested in reaching out or even calling to ask them a few questions, make sure to let them know that you heard about them from Making Room Podcast by Gather Intentional Living. Do you want to learn more? You could find them at coastalconceptsconnecticut.com or on Instagram at coastalconceptct. So do you mind, Katie, if I do a little bit of like coaching around no, this? let's do it. If let's I go. Coach you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're diving in here. All right. So <laughs> just tell me a little bit more about friendships before and friendships now before leaving the states and then coming back okay guys so i was telling halla before this could get vulnerable but one thing you know about us here at gather is we want to lead by going first and we want to lead with vulnerability and so this conversation is something that when we were talking about the possibility of coaching i almost wasn't going to do it but i hope that this encourages you guys and i am happy to let you in on some of this stuff even though it might be messy (laughs) but (laughs) you're Um, very brave you're awesome yeah yeah so we moved a ton um growing up we moved a lot and like I said I'm an extrovert I've always really valued relationships and people but I never had the opportunity to endure a relationship longer term um a lot of my relationships were only like two years and then we would move their life was really hard I won't go into all of childhood stuff right now but um so there was a lot of yeah I don't know just a lot going on a lot of dynamics that kind of made relationships scary at the same time especially these longer term Mm. relationships um yeah, I don't know. I remember college was the first time that we were living somewhere longer than two years. And I remember my junior year of college started, I kind of like self-sabotaged relationships because mm. I was like, I don't know how to navigate year three of friendship, <laughs> which was kind mm. of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm so thankful, just honestly, for God and his faithfulness for just kind of like allowing myself, like giving me people that helped walk through that season with me. Um, and to kind of endure relationships. And then, I don't know, like we had some people that we had known our whole life that obviously I love very much. So then how, well, I guess I'll maybe shift my question. How has your perspective of a relationship changed since coming back from Thailand? So I may be steering this in a direction, a different direction, but I think it's important. So in Thailand, it was okay. the first time in my entire life that I had I've called them fierce relationships. So people that Mm. were like at my house when I was like celebrating or bawling my eyes out, people that showed up when my husband had an accident, like intense, really fierce community. And that kind of set the tone for relationships for the rest of my life and honestly birthed the business too. Um, Yeah. And I think what happened there was people were saying, kind of like sensing my relational hesitancy. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there were just people that really started to challenge that and say like, listen, I'm not leaving even if you kick me away, you know, like, and so, yeah, that was really powerful um, in coming back to the States too. So before we kind of jump into where you're at now with relationships, 
Yeah. What would be helpful for you to gain from our conversation? Oh boy. Um, I think for me, I'm someone, so if you know the Enneagram, I'm a three, so definitely an achiever, like the poster child for Enneagram threes. I have Mm -hmm. a two wing, which is the helper. And so I hate hurting people. I hate um, causing anyone any kind of harm or pain, you know? Um, And so Mm -hmm. usually when I'm going through something like this, whether it's in, you know, just in a friendship or like through counseling, whatever, permission is really powerful for me. Mm -hmm. Just hearing that it is okay to do X, Y, or Z. Who do you need that permission from? I mean, ultimately myself, but Mm -hmm. it is always really powerful for me to have someone else in agreement with me. Okay. Does that make sense? So, yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's definitely something that giving ourselves permission or forgiving ourselves from things is really hard, but mm-hmm. having affirmation from someone else makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. So in what ways do you need to give yourself permission? Yeah. I mean, I am like Henry Cloud's biggest fan. I don't know if anyone's read his work. It's all about boundaries and I've just been eating up all of that stuff and I could like preach it to anyone, but when it comes to myself, I can't do it. Um, Mm. Yeah, I can't do it at all. (laughs) I'm aware of it though. That's the first step, right? I need to give myself permission to feel or to say no more without guilt. And when you say permission to say no, does that just mean no to a phone call, no to a big social gathering, no to, like, what do you feel you need to say no to? Hmm. This is where it gets hard. I think Mm. I like people and I like having a lot of people around. And thankfully, like, obviously living around the world and in new places has exposed us to a lot of different people, which is an incredible gift because they've all helped shape me, like you said. But I Mm -hmm. need to learn how to say no to like really, like too many really intimate relationships. Because I think what started happening Mm -hmm. in Thailand is I just wanted all the friends and I loved being surrounded by such incredible people, but I wasn't able to give as well. Um, to people close Mm -hmm. to me because I was spread so thin. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are some relationships where I'm like, wow, this really isn't healthy. And I love the way that you broke it down to like, is one of us not growing or is one no longer, one no longer empathetic or is there like a blatant red flag? I, Mm -hmm. it is very, very, very hard for me to say no to those relationships or create distance because I don't want to hurt the person on the other side. Would it make a difference if you were able to recognize the ways that you were hurting from the relationship? So thankfully, my incredible husband is so good at pointing that out to me when I'm blind to it. He's like, do you recognize that this is the consequence that you were facing because of this? And I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. but it's going to hurt them, you know? (laughs) That's too coming out there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So I think that before I wasn't able to identify it at all, like the what the consequences, right? Like of overstaying. So now I can at least Mm -hmm. see them. But for me, that hasn't been powerful enough to move forward and create the boundary. Yeah. So in a perfect world, what would creating this boundary look like for you? If you weren't going to hurt anyone else, like what would it look like for you to set boundaries for yourself? Oh my gosh. So this girl in Thailand, I just adore her. And I wonder how she got to this place of like relational strength. But I mean, as far as I know, she would just say no to things with a smile on her face and with kindness. 
and would go home and go on with her day and never think about it again. <laughs> but for me, mm-hmm. I say no. And I'm like, so worried about how the other person's feeling. So I would be able to have the freedom to say no to things with peace, I guess. And without guilt. Mm. No, I think that's a important differentiator here too. Like some people are not, at, not so kind with relationships and with their nose and their boundaries. Mm. Like I think, I think with this, there has to be that level of kindness, right? Like, <laughs> well, in all the interactions I've had with you, you seem like a very kind person. I can't even imagine oh, you, you like being rude or like, you know, cutting someone off. Like, no, I'm not going to hang out with you. But it seems to me that you have the power to be able to kindly and respectfully set those boundaries for yourself. Yeah. So yeah. Besides, besides being fearful that you're going to hurt someone, what else is holding you back from setting those boundaries for yourself? If there is anything else, and just so you guys know, I am like cringing behind the mic over here, like totally <laughs> squirming. So, <laughs> uh, just just so you know, though, Katie, like this, I am so grateful that you want to talk about this because I think this is a huge thing. I yeah. think so many people listening are going to be like, "Oh my gosh, like I feel the same way." How yeah. is Katie going to respond? You know, what's she going to do about it? Yeah. Um, so I think I think your bravery in sharing this is going to help others. Good. And really, like when I've listened to other podcasts about things too, I think there's so much validation in hearing someone else goes through things. So I, I yeah, mm-hmm. like you're saying, I do want to go first with some of these conversations, even if I am in fetal position behind the mic. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it's so good. I but love- this is also, you know, and this is also part of coaching, right? You, you have yeah. to be in discomfort in order to find growth. Absolutely. And so being... Uh-huh. Being comfortable with being uncomfortable is only going to create more fruit for you. Yeah. So sit in the discomfort. I know it's hard, but you're doing great. I feel, I feel some things coming. (laughs) No, I want it. I crave it. I love it. And like I said, I I told you this before I worked with a life coach and a counselor in Chiang Mai, and I don't have that in this season here. So I've been missing Mm -hmm. it. So it's, it, it is really powerful. So your last question was there, is there anything else besides the fear of hurting people so, wow, getting real, real here. Um, with moving a lot, didn't have a lot of sustained relationships, kind of developed this terrible, horrible, horrible friendship habit of if there was any kind of pain in relationship, we would just end it. <laughs> and mm. I think that that kind of felt safe. And it, it actually worked for us a little bit because we moved so much. And so college and Thailand, those were the first times that were like, yeah, this relationship's hard, but I'm actually going to have to see this person again. (laughs) And so we need to learn what it's like to endure this and have these hard conversations. And man, talk about uncomfortable. Um, I know a lot of people on our Instagram have chimed in too, that they have also moved a lot. So I would imagine other people have this experience too. And so I'm worried about like trusting myself with boundaries and red flags and evaluating the health of a relationship. I think I'm way more equipped now than I have been in past seasons to identify that. I think that that trust part that you just mentioned sounds huge to me. So yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So then let's kind of talk about what is a healthy relationship in your mind? Like what should a relationship look like? Actually, you put words to this the way that I never knew how to. So mm-hmm. like when it's mutually empathetic and mm-hmm. then what were you saying about growth too? I just wrote down growth. Growth fostering. Okay, absolutely. Yes. And empowering, right? So I mean- Those are things that I never knew how to name, 
but I stand behind completely. Yeah. Is there, so maybe we could break those down a little bit. And so what's it mean to you to be mutually empathetic with another person? To be able to celebrate and mourn with each other equally. Oh, I love that. Celebrate and mourn with each other equally. Beautiful. What about growth fostering? What's that mean? To be able to uh, like cheer each other on um, with out competition. Ooh, out competition. I'm loving this breakdown. Okay, and empowering. The ability to speak life-altering truths to each other. Okay, so I'm just going to repeat what you said because I think that was really powerful. So to be mutually empathetic to you, and it might be different for others, but for you, it means to be able to celebrate and mourn together equally. Mm-hmm. Growth fostering means to cheer each other on without competition. Mm-hmm. And empowering means to speak life-altering truth to each other. So with kind of that breakdown a little bit more, how could you use that definition to empower you to set boundaries for yourself? You know what I do sometimes too? I'm like, what if, what if this relationship will change their life? What if this relationship will <laughs> heal mm-hmm. that So thing? you put pressure on yourself. Yeah. I do. I that really, makes sense. really do. Yeah. And I know that that's a little bit of Enneagram too. I know that's a little bit of just like my nature of really wanting to teach and equip and inspire people. And also kind of a reminder, like what we were talking about with the cultural norm. Yeah. We did talk about how there is that guilt that, well, maybe that person needs me and maybe I need to give to them. Maybe I need to serve them. Yeah. Um, As opposed to how can I be my best self going into each relationship that I have. Just like thinking about your friend from Thailand and how much you admired. She was able to set those boundaries so that she was her best self when she went into relationships and she was able to give fully in each relationship. And what would your life look like, Katie, if you were able to give fully and completely to each relationship that you enter into? Mm, Yeah, that's so powerful. And so how does, like, what emotions does that evoke when you think about having the boundaries and being able to present, like, your friends from Thailand? Oh, my gosh. I want nothing more. Like, it it really excites <laughs> me. Yeah. Okay. So that's great to hear. So we really need to figure out, so then how can you make it happen? How can you make these boundaries happen? I think for me, it's a combination of like permission and action. So like the permission, like you're not a jerk, Katie, this is actually really healthy and you need more of it so that I could be the best friend, the best business owner, all of those things. Um, So like permission and action. And so sometimes like even like just actually acting on it. And even if it is uncomfortable, the first one, two or three times, like sitting in it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but then it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a muscle, right? And like, you have to keep exercising that muscle. Um, something happened recently and Colby, my husband just looked at me and was like, Katie, you are not her savior, you know? <laughs> and mm. I think surrounding ourselves with people to that are cheering us on in this boundary setting and relational health. Yes. Besides your husband, do you have others who can cheer you on? I had a great, great, great support system with this in Thailand, but I guess I'm still looking for it here. Yeah. Mm. Well, it sounds like coming back to kind of your goal of what you wanted to get out of this conversation is that permission piece. Mm. Um, (laughs) 
I love the statement you just gave to yourself, like, Katie, you're not a jerk for not spending time with that person, or you're not a jerk for not doing those things, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. What, is, what is something you can do for yourself to remind yourself of that truth, of that permission, of that reality that I'm not a jerk, I'm, I'm protecting myself so I can be giving to the relationship that even maybe God is calling you to, as opposed yeah. to the ones you feel obligated to give to. So I think that's something really powerful for me. And I, I know there's a huge stigma and frankly, I don't really care. Like it changed my life. Um, (laughs) I went to years of counseling and I would honestly Mm. be in counseling the rest of my life. If I could, like, I loved it. It kind of birthed this self that I didn't even know existed, you know, like Mm. it, it just like peeled back these layers. And so I think for me, if it was a few years ago, I wouldn't have trusted myself like even more to make these kind of relationship decisions because mm-hmm. I had such a unhealthy foundation that I was working from. But I mm-hmm. think now I need to tell myself, like I went through years of working on this and redefining it and like building this like new foundation for myself. Like I can trust my, um, my gauge, you know, to make these kind yeah. of decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So important. You can trust yourself. Yeah. Well, because of all this work that I put in, like so much was invested into this and there's like a new lens almost that I'm approaching this through. Yeah. I don't know. It's still hard. Don't let yourself sink into that. Like, Ooh, you were on fire. I could hear it in the way you were talking about (laughs) how proud you were. You've done a lot of work around this and you seem to also know yourself very well to be able to. Yeah. Okay. So just coming back to like, that trusting yourself and that you've done all the training and you know, what are, it sounds like your husband is someone who can give you permission. You hopefully can tap into that experience. Like, no, I, I know who I am. I know what I need. Um, I know a relationship, you know, especially after you just defined what a healthy relationship is, you know, these things, you know, these things. Mm -hmm. So is there a, like visual reminder you need to give yourself to just kind of repeat that permission constantly? Or is there a phrase that resonates with you? Like how can you just empower yourself and give yourself that permission constantly so you have the confidence to set boundaries? Yeah, this is like so funny, but I I am very big on visual reminders, like whether it's my mirror in mm-hmm. my kitchen, wherever, places that I'm at a um, I'm in a lot. And I actually, I was writing myself notes and they weren't pretty enough. So, so I'm learning. (laughs) So I'm, I'm learning how to do like word lettering and calligraphy. And now I'm writing myself pretty notes and I respond to those a lot better. (laughs) Um, I love that. Yeah. So I pleasing. I'm very, it's like a huge value of mine. Yeah. So Um, I've been taking time kind of as self-care to do word lettering, but while I'm at it, I'll write scripture or a phrase or a word. And I try to change them out with whatever's relevant for my heart that week. That's beautiful. So is there some quote and you don't need to know the quote now, but is there, you know, is this something you could meditate on to be able to figure out a quote that might help you and give you that freedom of permission? Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, I love accountability in relationships that have trust. You know what I mean? Um, mm, I think it's mm-hmm. important to have that basis of trust when you're doing accountability stuff. Um, I do yeah. think I need to 
like maybe ask certain people or just like pray about, think about who those people can be to kind of support and affirm in this process too. And I think we all can use that, you know? Um, And I think Mm -hmm. there's this reluctancy to ask people to go there with us, but we all need it and we all want it, you know? Mm -hmm. I kind of need to give myself, yeah, I need to go there again too. So what, speaking of accountability, what do you need to hold yourself accountable to setting these boundaries in relationships? I know some people don't need permission when they talk truth. (laughs) I know eights on the the Enneagram are very confident in saying how they feel about things. Um, I think like giving friends permission to even go there with me, because some people might be waiting Mm. for permission. Um, I have a very, very dear friend and when I'm talking about myself in a way that's not truthful or edifying or anything, she'll say, don't talk about my friend that way. You know, like she'll just call me out. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And that, that snaps me right back into place. Um, Mm. And so more of that. (laughs) That might even be a good quote for you to write out. Don't talk about my friend that way. Just remind yourself. I can't talk about myself that way. You know, that's very cool. Um, I love that. So giving kind of friends permission to tell you like, knock it off kind of a thing. Like, don't think that way. These boundaries are good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Well, how are you feeling about this permission piece (laughs) and the goal that you set? It's so good. And I think um, there are different levels of kind of like learning and developing new habits. And like, especially I'm not that old. I'm only 28, but like 27 years of whatever or whatever of managing this not um, in the healthiest way and then making this transition to kind of relational health. I know it's going to take a little while, (laughs) Um, but for Mm -hmm. me, I just need to kind of like step into action. Yeah. Kind of like get out of my head and like start practicing it. No, it, it, yeah, it feels good. Good. Well, and like you said, you've already done step one where you're acknowledging like, okay, boundaries are something I need. Yeah. And now you're, it sounds like you're moving into step two of, okay, how can I shift my mindset? How can I find that permission? Yeah. And then as you give yourself that permission and as you have other people affirm that, then you can start moving into phase three, which would be taking action mm-hmm. on those boundaries. So mm-hmm. you're so right. It is a learning process. It's going to take time and give yourself permission for it to take time too. <laughs> Absolutely. Ah, that was a beautiful wrap up (laughs) well again thank you for being vulnerable that was so so great katie i know it's scary and hard but i hope that that was helpful for you and processing some of that oh my gosh so helpful and i i want to talk to you guys listening to like none of this stuff was like made up i just showed up and we had this conversation like this is kind of like (laughs) real life struggle even though i have a business surrounding relationships and communities. Mm. I think it's kind of like this lifelong journey based on who is in our network, transitions, all these things. Like we are always faced with a different kind of relational challenge. So I hope that this invites you to kind of like go there with yourself, with your friends, um, with us. I'd love to hear about like what you're going through and if this helps you or challenged you at all. But also Mm. Hala, I would love for you to share with those listening, like how people can find you and what you can offer them. If they want, yeah, definitely. If they want to go through kind of like what we just had here, but even further. <laughs> yeah. So if people enjoyed example of what coaching looks like, I definitely do one-on-one coaching. It is my favorite thing, as I mentioned <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast. Like I'm just so passionate about helping people to discover who they were created to be. And coaching is all about kind of where are you now, mm-hmm. and where do you want to be? How can we get you to that place? 
So what I specialize in is helping women in particular reimagine their life and reimagine their current situation. So one-on-one coaching, you can sign up with me through my website, hrslifecoaching.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also email me at hallasalman at hrslifecoaching.com. I'm on Instagram at hallasalman. Um, and then also, if you like this kind of concept of holistic living, like what we were talking about, I do have a course that I offer and you can sign up to be on the wait list for that. Um, I can give Katie a, a link, um, but you can kind of sign up and be updated on when I'm offering that course again, because that is something I offer periodically throughout the year. And we dig into relational health, spiritual health, physical health, um, and then mental and emotional health. And we actually talk about habits too. So it's, it's a really great course and it's so, so fun to work, not just with me, but with the other people that are in the class too, that kind of learn from one another and grow alongside each other. Great. Beautiful. It's so exciting. And like we said, I don't think there are enough resources like this available to us. So I'm so glad that we're sharing this with people today. Let's close with the questions that I ask everyone on the podcast um, when we're done with our conversation. Let's start with something that you found lately that is beautiful and it could be anything. Oh, yes. So this might be, (laughs) this might be a whole separate podcast, but um, I am pregnant right now and I'm due and I know so fun. I'm due with my first baby in, I think I'm like eight and a half months pregnant, um, which is wild. But so I'm doing a couple of weeks and I have been learning a lot about the birth process and kind of researching the different, you know, medications you can take or not home birth versus, you know, going to a birth center versus a hospital. And I have just found so much beauty in the birth process. And I think it's something that we as women are kind of taught to be fearful of because it's going to be painful and it's a challenge and, you know, get the medication and don't worry about it. Don't think another thing. But just for me personally, the research that I've been doing, I've just been finding so much beauty and empowerment in the women who have given birth before me. Like, I just, I'm so excited to be joining that group of people, however it ends up happening for me. I really hope to be able to do a natural birth. Yeah. Um, but who knows, you know, what, how I'm going to end up feeling in the moment. But um, one of the biggest things that I find the most beauty in is that the pain is purposeful and you know you're not just like you don't just have a broken bone you're not just aching but you have there's beauty that is coming from it there's purpose in the pain and the empowerment after giving birth um, is something I hope that I can experience so yeah yeah, so I'm just I'm finding that just extremely beautiful lately especially in this season, we are finding beauty in everything that we can. Mm -hmm. And I think that Mm -hmm. beauty, identifying beauty is taken from us in busy seasons. And so for you to take time Mm -hmm. to even think on that and find beauty in it, I think is beautiful in and of itself. You know, I think it's important. Mm -hmm. Very sweet. Okay. Something a little bit less deep. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe it was a very emotional experience. I don't know, but something you've eaten recently and loved. (laughs) Oh man, I have a few things. So I guess the food is so great. Like you're right. Food is kind of an emotional experience. Sometimes like (laughs) to taste something good makes me like want to dance. But um, my husband and I have been making muffins. So I still, I don't 
I don't eat a fully plant-based vegan diet anymore, but I am still gluten-free and dairy-free. So finding delicious muffins and pastries is always a challenge. And we found these muffins that are so good. The recipe was passed along from um, someone that I had coached. And they are raspberry, lemon, zucchini, carrot muffins. Wow. And they're gluten-free. Oh, my goodness. They are so delicious. So that is kind of my obsession recently. I'm actually going to make some after we hang up with this call. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fun. Those sound really great. And maybe I'll attach the link in the show notes too, if anyone else was perfect. Um, And a gathering that you've attended that made you feel a strong sense of belonging. Yeah. So this is actually the person that we're connected with is in this gathering. Um, But I have been, I joined a book club um, last year, kind of just, randomly I'm not even like a crazy reader um but it was something that I was praying about and just kind of mentioned to a friend like you know, I'm trying to make connections with people and she's like oh I have a book club like do you want to join I was like okay sure but it has been the most life-giving group for me in this season of life they're all young women who are moms um and working moms stay-at-home moms just like such Three wonderful people, and it's so fun. We get together once a month um, to talk about the book that we've read, but it's so much more than that. Like, we, you know, we talk about life, we get to catch up. Um, of course, there's wine involved, which is always great. Not for me right now because of pregnancy, but it's just such a nice time to spend with women and just talk about real life, is how I feel, and laugh together and um, have a topic that we're discussing and also be able to get deeper. Um, and share our lives with one another slowly but surely. And it's been so cool to see the ways that all of our friendships have grown since the start of the book club. So it's just, I'm loving it. It's giving me a sense of belonging and um, the girls are just wonderful. I love it so much. I love that for you too, especially in the season of COVID and crazy. I think it's important that we yes, right? isolation, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, guys, thank you so much for sticking around to the end, and we appreciate you. And again, our hope is that this conversation is challenging and encouraging and life-giving for you too as you kind of continue on this pursuit to meaningful gatherings and relationships and full tables. So until next time, see you guys soon.